Hello everybody and welcome to episode 5 of the Digital Marketing Punkcast. Um, today on the show, I have a very special guest, a man called Ben Furphy is going to be joining me today and we're going to be talking all about WordPress. Well, I say we're going to be talking about all things WordPress. Um, we might have gone off into a slight tangent. Um, the conversation we had went on a little longer than expected so what i've done is i have split this podcast out into two episodes one is a little bit more about wordpress than the other and the second one is loosely related to wordpress and um, that's probably the best that i can talk, uh, say but it is a good conversation because our conversation went on to why we use WordPress, what's the history of WordPress, why is it the content management system of choice, uh, and Ben was a great person to talk about this because he does have a real in-depth, um, passionate knowledge about these things. And when it comes to web technologies and web development, then Ben really is the person to speak to. He's really, really cool, a uh, really good guy, he's really funny. Um, so it was a really awesome conversation. Um, so we talked about why, first of all, why WordPress is a good choice or bad choice, um, and the, when the appropriate time is to move over to WordPress, whether the web-based platforms are really having an effect on um, you know, how they've developed and things like that, whether they're having an effect on the sort of what would usually be referred to as the, the WordPress market, you know, that, that core market that they all have. Um, why people choose WordPress over anything else? Why is it the go-to option um, for a content management system? And we spoke about whether WordPress is something that is go only going to get stronger or is it going to get worse? Um, which is where the conversation for me personally got really, really interesting. Um, and it's really poignant at the moment as well because um, the question I asked Ben was all about site speed and the optimization of WordPress, whether it, you know, it was a little slow nowadays, whether it was clunky. And if you have a WordPress website yourself, you may have noticed this. Um, so I wanted to ask the question, you know, is it, is it because we're using WordPress in this way and we're just plugging all these plugins and add-ons and things into it that it's slowing everything down? Um, so I, I wanted to ask that question and whether, you know, WordPress isn't the solution, the go-to solution anymore, whether there's something else on the horizon, um, which is something since I've had this conversation with Ben, I've been looking more into and I might do a podcast uh, in the coming future about the options that there are out there other than WordPress to uh, to build your website on because for me um, and I know the world of web developers are very split on this opinion of whether WordPress is the way to go some people hate WordPress some people love WordPress for me WordPress is a blogging platform and that's what it is a bare bones essentials it's a blogging platform and Ben makes a really good point that you know it wasn't that long ago that WordPress actually put pages as an inbuilt feature um, it was all used to be just posts and stuff um, because that's what WordPress was it was a blogging platform and we've sort of you know mangled and twisted WordPress into this into this thing which creates websites and now suddenly it's the go-to content management platform for people building websites not just 
for people building them on their own, but for agencies as well. You know, a large proportion of agencies use WordPress, and I wanted to get to the bottom of why that was. Um, so it is a really interesting conversation. And we sort of go off over the next two episodes. You'll see us go off on little tangents uh, here and there, but it is really interesting stuff. Um, I hope you'll listen to it. I hope you enjoy it. This is Ben Furphy, and we are talking about everything to do with WordPress. And then some. One last thing before I get into the show, uh, into the interview rather, and that is I've got to make an apology. I think I mucked up on my side with some settings and buttons and whatsoever, so you might notice that my voice is a lot worse than what it is right now. Um, Apologies for that. Please bear with me. I promise you future interviews will never go like that again. Okay, so with me today, I have Ben Furphy. Ben, introduce yourself. What do you do? Uh, yeah, so I'm Ben, uh, obviously, uh, and I am a web developer. I work for the marketing departments of a large multinational PLC, and I basically handle everything to do with uh, website development uh, for all the group's websites. Awesome. Excellent. So I'm presuming, as I've got you on this podcast today, um, that you know a lot about WordPress. Yeah, I'd hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Phew, there you go. There's my my heart has now calmed down a little bit. My heart rate has settled. Um, decision number one has actually gone well. Okay, uh, so tell me a little bit about WordPress. What's what's the background? What's the story? Yeah, so uh, WordPress is a, a piece of software that allows you to uh, edit uh, your website. And what I mean by edit your website is uh, look at the content that is on the website. So that can be text, that can be images, it can be video and make changes yourself without having to rely on knowing code or paying a web developer to make the changes for you. Okay, that's cool. So essentially what we're saying is websites in general, they are built using lots of code, lots of HTML, lots of CSS, lots of other JavaScript weirdy stuff, sometimes PHP, and WordPress allows you to not see any of all that jazz and will just allow you to see the actual stuff that you see on the page. You made a really good point there, um, and it's a point that I wanted to come back to, because you said a phrase there about a CMS, a content management system. Why is a content management system important? What is a content management system, and what can go wrong or happen if you don't utilize a content management system? Okay, so uh, a content management system, like I said, is a piece of software that sits on the the server that your website sits on and the idea is it gives you a bit like microsoft word a way of editing uh the content uh in a way that you wouldn't be able to if you didn't have a content management system on there and there are lots of different types of content management systems you've got content management systems like wordpress that try to do everything You've got content management systems like, say, for example, Perch, which is a really small content management system and is very specialized at making very small parts of websites editable. You've got much larger content management systems uh, that are designed 
to provide major big companies with as much control as they could possibly want. Uh, it, it really sort of scales over the, the, the whole breadth of different website sizes. So the reason why you'd want a content management system is if you ever need to make changes to your website um, and you can't code, or if you, you know, the words or letters, FTP, or, um, you know, sort of SSH, you've got no idea what those are, mm. then a content management system makes it very, very simple, relatively speaking, uh, to make changes to the website without having to pay a developer to do that. So can I can I utilize that as a rule of thumb then? If you don't know the words FTP and SSH, then utilize a content management system. Yeah, although to be fair, I think there's quite a few WordPress developers and I'm making bunny ears uh, who don't know what SSH is either, so uh, don't take that as a golden uh, hard and fast rule. Yeah, all right. So WordPress essentially is a content management system. It allows you to easily edit and access the content on your website and manage that in a way where you don't have to overly get very codey. Obviously, Kodi not being the visual platform that you can put all your movies on and people stream illegally online, but the <laughs> the means of being able to code. So, why is WordPress the king? And I'm getting, I'll suppose I'll do the bunny ears here as well. The king of content management system. What has made it so popular? Why is this platform taken off in the way that it has? Okay, uh, so it's a it's a really good question. Um, my personal opinion, I've been building websites since 2001. Um, my first time I came across WordPress was 2009. Uh, it was released in 2013. It's actually just uh, celebrated its 15th uh, birthday. Um, and around 2009, 2010, 2011 is when it really started to take off. Um, mm. And that is largely down to a couple of factors that came together uh, at the same time. Okay. Up until that point, um, like I said, if you wanted to make changes to your website, you had to pay for a developer to make those changes for you. Uh, this is yeah. in the days of uh, when developers weren't called developers. You know, you had web designers and webmasters. You know, the very, very old archaic terms that thankfully web. Aren't, aren't around anymore. Uh, webmaster. Yeah. Um, we just like we just like wizardry and stuff like that. I love, well, I yeah. love the term. I think it's sort of webmaster. like it's carried on, hasn't it, with the the stupid things of like web ninja and uh, other job titles that really shouldn't exist. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so as I was saying. Um, at the time, uh, about 2009, 2013, it was really uncommon for you to be able to make changes to your website. I know people who built their own websites and obviously having learned could do it. Um, but for, yeah. you know, Joe Bloggs running a plumber who maybe had a, a website, um, it wasn't possible for them to edit. Um, mm -hmm. But what you found happening at the same time was more and more people were understanding that, you know, you had to get to the top of the, the search engines. Google was becoming yeah. incredibly important. You know, it was really the turning point where the yellow pages started going from being the type of thing that you could use to climb into the loft to, mm. you know, something that you could barely flutter, uh, swat a fly with. Um, 
it was it was that time. Just just to point out, I use it for spiders. That's my key place where I use the yellow pages now. It is for killing and crushing. Not that I'm condoning killing and crushing spiders, but yellow pages is fantastic for it. Because you don't even need to push it down. It's got so much weight in it, it will crush it within seconds. If anything, it's probably a painless death. Apologies for interrupting. Carry on. That's <laughs> fine. I was just going to say, I mean, you've got to think, like, that's really bad marketing for uh, pest control people. If, uh, <laughs> the actual thing they're advertising, and it's just as effective. Uh, so, yeah, as I was saying, it was at that point that, People were really recognizing that Google was crucial to um, to sort of being able to be found, and it was really taking over from the yellow pages. And it was around that time that a lot of people were really starting to grasp the idea behind content marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, content marketing is the idea of producing content that people want to read. Yeah, um, bare bones. Bare bones. You're absolutely right. People try and overcomplicate this massively, but you've just, in about three words, condoned content marketing to it. That is essentially what it is. Content marketing yeah. is making content that people want to read, and that is it. And and what I'd expand on that to completely defeat the point of getting it in three words. Um, <laughs> Google is very much a, a question and answer engine. Yes, um, it's not. People make it out to be this massive mystery. You know that. People don't know how. It's really simple. Google wants to be able to answer questions. If you actually look at the type of questions people ask, they're really semantic questions of where can I find a barber yeah. near me? You know, where is the nearest best? When is, you know, uh, my local Tandoori open until? You know, that, that type of thing is what people actually enter. And it's that type of content that they want to read, so to speak. They want the answers uh, to the questions that they have. But anyway, that, that's slightly going aside. Um, and at that point, you were getting a lot more companies sort of adopting blogging. Yeah. And of course, WordPress was core. I always hesitate to call WordPress a content management system because if anybody's ever installed it bare bones, they'll, they'll know that the only inputs that you get are a title mm-hmm. and content. Yes. It's not really great for editing websites. Yeah. Um, but I'll come back to that later on. <laughs> um, so it was very much a blogging platform. It still is a very much a blogging platform. And people were starting to say, well, if I can make changes to my website and I can publish new pages through this, why are you charging me, you know, 100, 200 pounds to change my phone number? Yeah. I, so really it was in the right place at the right time. And people started twisting it and making it do things it was never intended to do. Mm. Like I said, you know, WordPress out of the box comes with a title and a content field, and that content field is like your Word document. Yeah. You can, you know, you've got a, a limited amount of stuff that you can do. Everything's in one block. You know, it's not very easy to manage. It's very easy to accidentally delete something mm. that you don't want to delete. Um, but people started twisting it and contorting it and making it do things that it wasn't ever really designed to do. Um, but that, that was effectively why it became so popular. It became a way for people to give business owners that, um, that functionality that they craved, that ability to make changes to the website without having to pay a developer. Okay, so I suppose the, the point from this is, so obviously WordPress... In short, WordPress built, built and designed as a blogging, as a blogging platform, um, still is widely utilized as a blogging pa- platform, um, to this very, to this very day. Uh, and then its popularity came about because 
being able to easily edit and amend the content that was within the website itself that people wanted to do and not having to shell out, like, say, hundreds of pounds in order just to change the telephone number, which is a really good example. And some agencies still do this, by the way. Um, it's It was really easy for them to utilize the platform, uh, to access the platform in order to change their content. So you say you say it was sort of twisted into a, a means of which it wasn't really uniquely core design. Does that does that have any ramifications then? Uh, this way that WordPress has been sort of contorted as a means of creating what are on the whole sort of static websites with blogs sort of bolted onto the side. I mean, to be fair, WordPress WordPress is meant to be just the blog bit that you see and um, perhaps with a static page um, on top of it but really you you what you do get now from wordpress websites is you have a series of static pages that always be and then the blog is a is a secondary consideration so is there a is is there a, a, a downside to that contortion that's happened to wordpress in, in utilizing wordpress in that way um so at its core a website uh, and you know, WordPress in particular is a set of rules, which is all mm. development really is. It's, it's a set of rules. If yeah. this, do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that enable you to make changes to information that's stored in the database. Yeah. The database is like a, a, a vastly complicated Excel spreadsheet. Mm. Um, and that spreadsheet is typically that database is typically set up in a particular way to work at an optimum with mm-hmm. a particular way and yeah. so for wordpress that is it's set up to manage posts manage post yeah. titles and manage post content yeah so a really um interesting thing about this is that what a lot of people won't realize especially if they've only just started using wordpress in the last five years is that when it came out it didn't actually have the ability to add pages. I think that only came in maybe around 2008, so five years after it launched. Okay. Um, it was only ever posts that you could actually do. And a page is, as far as the database is concerned, a post. Yeah. Everything is a post. Because You're, essentially it's the same It's the same thing. It's just one, yeah. Yeah, one static and that stays on the page forever and is, in quote-unquote, evergreen. Um, the other is a little bit more timely, as it were. Yeah, I mean, even even extends down to, say, for example, your um, any images you upload, they are technically a post. Right. Um, everything is technically treated as a post, and the reason why that's an issue is that it it causes performance issues yeah. when you start trying to get things to work in a way that they weren't intended to, and ultimately, that's one of the big issues with trying to twist something that was never really intended to be a content management system uh, to make it do all these things. It has an impact in terms of performance, in terms of usability. You know, one of the the classic things that I always point out to people, developers mainly, but um, people who are maybe a little bit more interested in sort of the the sort of business and the, the... uh, the logical reasons of why you choose one content management system over another mm-hmm. is that the idea behind a content management system is to allow you to manage content. Yeah. And content can be anything from 
uh, a title on a page through to the text on a particular section of the website. Mm -hmm. And really what should be happening is that it should be uh, done in a way that's called structured content. Mm -hmm. Um, The idea behind that is that you have one field for each part. And that field might be a date picker. It might be just a a single line. It might be multiple lines. It might be a WYSIWYG, like the editor interface in WordPresses, which is what you see is what you get editor. Um, But they should be structured in that way. And it should be stored in the database that way. And it makes it much quicker for the website to retrieve and to serve. And it all has, the reason why it's relevant is because it has an impact on SEO. Now, there's, realistically for your you know sort of plumber in the local area who's maybe just setting up a website to you know sort of post some bits and pieces that speed isn't going to make a massive difference but for large companies like the one i work for that can become a problem yeah um and that's really where where the issues with that lay so i i have another question it's completely off topic and it's it's a very interesting one so i was having a conversation with uh, on LinkedIn, actually, today, um, he'd posted um, something about site speed and the effects that that has on SEO level. And um, there's obviously, we're getting very technical. We're going to get very SEO here, but it's a really key and crucial point. It's something that's a bit of a bugbear of mine at the moment. And that is that um, at the moment, Google has a fixation. I call it a fixation. It's completely logical fixation uh, with, first of all, mobile sites uh, and that is in turn due to mobile first indexing and things like that if you don't understand what i'm saying just ignore it for the time being but mobile sites very very key at the moment is one of google's big priorities and um in line with that is site speed which we're talking about here um do you think in your humble opinion i think that site speed is going to become more and more key as a, a ranking metric um that's my opinion um because being able to look at websites on a mobile device in a place or area where you don't necessarily have, you know, Wi-Fi and you're only on 3G, not everyone has 4G still. I know 5G has been sort of teetered around at the moment, but that's a long way off. Um, is this going to become a bigger ranking? If this becomes a bigger ranking metric, site speed, which I believe from the work I've been doing at the moment it is, um, and the uplift that I've seen from doing site optimization and stuff like that. Does this mean that WordPress being the, and I'm not saying you've said this, but this is my personal opinion, being the bit of a mangled sort of platform that it is, it's a bit of a hob job, it's it's things sort of bong together. Do, Do you think that will have more of an impact? If Google decides, right, site speed is a bigger ranking metric than it was in the past, God knows how many years, do we think that, these minute, and they possibly are minute, these minute changes in um, in the, the the slowdown that WordPress has as a platform on your site speed, do you think that will have quite a big impact? Um, potentially, because yeah. the reason why I say potentially is that WordPress is actually effectively three different parts and this is okay. where, again, it sort of gets quite complicated. I'm just trying to think of how you explain this without it going very technical very quickly. <laughs> you have 
what's known as WordPress core. Okay. Um, these are the the functions, uh, so the, the instructions that are within the software, within WordPress when you download it. So it's yeah. like absolute, you know, you've just got basic WordPress. Yeah. You've then got... It's like installing Windows onto your machine when you first installed it. Yeah, so that, that's, that's a really good example. Um, you've then got, on top of that, two different things. You've got themes uh, and you've yep. got plugins. Now, again, many people who profess themselves as WordPress developers don't follow the certain rules that have been set out by people as best practices. Okay. Um, you shock me. No, of course, shock her. The general idea is that there's form and there's function. So yeah. a really good analogy would be a car. Oh, in fact, actually, no, not a car. Forget that, actually. Um, no, actually, yes, let's use a car for this part. Um, there's another analogy I've got in my head, which will probably work better for maybe a little bit later on. Um, mm-hmm. WordPress is effectively the engine. Yeah. Um, the theme is what you actually see of the car, so the chassis and... The, the color the of the paint, work, and, yeah. yeah, that type of thing. And then plugins, which are functionality, are, you know, sort of like things like maybe, I don't know, say things below the surface. So maybe like the, the quality or speaker or, you know, the, the little gadgets and stuff that you've got on top of it, maybe like heads up display or, you know, yeah. cruise control and that type of thing. So things that control the function. Yeah. Um, Realistically, WordPress core itself is incredibly well optimized. Okay. The issue is actually more to do with plugins mm-hmm. um, and themes. So themes from the perspective that they are what define... Um, they're very much how it, the site looks. And yeah. within that, if they're not optimized and your off-the-shelf themes aren't because they simply yeah. can't be, they have to cater to a million and one different particular functions. Um, that can slow things down. So I think you're going to see a lot of uh, off-the-shelf themes being hammered yeah. um, by Google. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily your, say, like the, the themes that power the, the, the websites of the companies, uh, the, the group companies that I manage. They're, mm-hmm. they're very, very heavily optimized and they're built custom for those companies. So they don't necessarily suffer from the same problems of, say, loading in a million and one fonts from Google. Yeah. The um, ones that have just been picked off the shelf and dumped onto, dumped onto a website without those considerations of the optimization further on down the line, they're maybe the ones that are going to suffer. Yeah. And then you've obviously got plugins on top of that. Um, that may be things like, you know, your social share widgets that load in a lot of JavaScript, uh, mm-hmm. which is um, within websites, you've got three different core languages, as you said at the start, you've got HTML, which is like the structure. You've got mm-hmm. CSS, which is the styling language, which tells a website how to, to look. And mm-hmm. then you've got JavaScript, which is the behavior language. So um, the, the, the other analogy I was going to describe before is, is that of a, a door handle. Um, okay. You take a really, really small thing. If you think about it, it shares an awful lot with those three principles. You've got the uh, HTML is the actual structure, so the actual door handle, you know, yeah. uh, the, the 
casing that goes around the door, the little bit that juts out uh, yeah. and stops the door from opening when it's closed. Yeah. You've got CSS, which would be, you know, how it looks. So is it a bar handle? Is it, uh, you know, is the casing round? Is it rectangular? Is it square? You know, mm-hmm. what color is it? What metal is it? And then you've got behavior, which is, you know, if handle is pushed down, mm-hmm. do this. Yeah. And this would be the function that is, that controls the, uh, the little bit that sticks out and closes the door. So if door pushed down, pull this in and allow the door to open. Because of course, some door handles, which annoys the heck out of me, if you push, if you pull them up, they also do that. But other door handles don't do that. Which exactly, is yeah. Which is like a really badly programmed WordPress plugin. <laughs> <laughs> Some, some like, you know, the, the other analogy would be like, you know, some of these WordPress plugins are door handles, but they load in a particular, uh, they're, they're what is known as libraries. So they're another load of functions that make developers' lives easier. But yeah. they might load a, a, a library which to, to do one very, very small thing. But it also can control the temperature that a cooker is set at and, you know, sort yes. of whether ice can be dispensed via the internet. You know, completely pointless things. And again, that's which, where... Which, by the way, during this UK summer, we would have all appreciated. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> ice, yeah. ice dispensing through the internet, I am all for. If there is such <laughs> a library for such a thing, <laughs> I'm down with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, as you know, I mean, I used to live um, in the Middle East, and one of the mm. things I really missed from the Middle East, uh, uh, I remember speaking to one of the guys uh, when I just moved over there, and as we were walking towards his car, he held down his car. Now, a lot of modern cars in the UK now have a form of this function where if you hold down the, the unlock, uh, it'll actually wind the windows down. Yes. Uh, so typically, I think it's any model after about 2015, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, now, over there, they have an extra little cool function which is that when you do that it starts the engine which turns puts the air conditioning uh, see, see. right on <laughs> pushes all the hot air out yeah. and then once the internal thermometer gets down to a certain point it then shuts the windows close all the windows yeah so you know but anyway I mean I digress like you know that, that's you know sort of like cool cool things to sort of get away with the summer but um yeah so the point I was making was that you know, because these things aren't built custom because they're built for a million and one different use cases, mm-hmm. uh, you end up with a situation where a lot of stuff is being loaded in that isn't needed. Yeah. And that's where yeah. you're going to find that there's a lot of slowdown. Yeah. Now, this isn't something that's unique to WordPress. Joomla has exactly the same problem. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of other, you know, sort of do-it-yourself uh, code-based platforms have this problem. Um, Drupal, not so much just because Drupal, which is... Um, Another content management system like WordPress, as is Joomla, um, is more used by larger companies who have more specific application-based needs. But even then, that the use of that has dropped massively yeah. uh, in recent years. Um, because of that, it's, it's one of those things where you get a lot of wasted information being pulled down. And one of the things that Google has said is that with the page speed is that they're trying to encourage developers and website owners to reduce the amount of stuff that they're sending down the pipe because you know if you think about it one of the things that always surprises a lot of people is that in canada um mobile data is incredibly expensive i think it's like 39 cents per um megabyte it it is incredibly it's like five or six times more expensive yeah i have heard um 
a UK person downloading data in the US. You know, it's incredibly expensive. And that's one of the things that they're looking to do. But obviously, then there's all these metrics about, you know, sort of having, uh, you know, faster the website loads, and more likely it is that they're going to be able to provide the answer mm. and happy the person is. It's an interesting, so, yeah. it's an interesting point because that, that is a good point that people probably don't know. When you are on the internet, and it's, it's probably not noticeable on desktops or laptops or, it's probably not noticeable on most devices, but when you are accessing a website, you're actually getting a lot more than you think of in terms of stuff that's coming to your phone. There's there's a lot of stuff which you may not even be able to see. It's just there in the ether waiting to be used, hoping that it'll be used by a user, but it's still coming to your phone prior yeah, to so all of that. A really good example of this <clears throat> is that I think, um, oh, I can't remember who did it, but they, they looked at... Um, average website pages uh, sizes of things that were off-the-shelf themes okay. um, and they were finding that the average page size was between 10 megabytes and 25 megabytes which might not sound like a lot but when you actually think about you know that you are effectively you might have a gig of yeah. data that is my math is terrible i think uh one one thousand one Anyway, it's something. It's quite it's a big still chunk. a considerable amount, yeah. <laughs> and if you think about that, that's being potentially downloaded every single time yes. that you change a page and you load a page. So, I mean, that that's part of the reason why they're cracking down it. But yeah, I mean, the part part of the point is that you know these are systems that are designed to really be used by developers, um, and so you you've got a situation where the optimization is very much on the developer side. Uh, we can do loads of things to try and make that better, um, but ultimately they're not going to be as neatly packaged as, say, something like Shopify or Squarespace or Wix, uh, yeah. where they they have an interest themselves in just reducing the amount of data that you're using on their servers. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, you know, one last point about this uh, on this particular question. Um, when I was talking about the average page size being about 10 megabyte, even like on some optimized images, uh, on, yeah, I'll start again. <laughs> some optimized websites, um, about 60% to 70% of the entire amount of data uh, that's being downloaded are just images. And quite often that's because, you know, there's this big trend which is thankfully starting to disappear um, of these massive huge um, images that really don't serve much of a point apart from to make the website look pretty yeah. um, being loaded at the top of the website and quite often um, those images need to be as big as possible mm -hmm. for you know those people who have 5k IMAX uh, you know so you need to upload an image that's 5,000 pixels yeah. wide or you know something ridiculous like that and those images can easily even optimize be a megabyte two megabyte in size but quite often developers don't because they have forget or they don't have time or they just simply don't know how mm -hmm. to still set it so a mobile phone is downloading that same image even though it doesn't need to be that big yeah scale it and um, then try and scale it right right down yeah, so it's one of those things. There's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes with websites that um, are to do with speed optimization. That I think, you know, sort of to circle back to the the point or the question you were asking, which is, will WordPress websites be hurt by this? Yes, because ultimately they are 
things for you to optimize and customize yourself. And mm-hmm. there are, there's definitely a skill shortage in terms of, uh, especially within the WordPress space of people who actually understand what you need to do and how to achieve that. That's really, really interesting. And you, you mentioned that uh, obviously in my, in my last, uh, podcast, uh, I had Kaz on and we were talking about, and you mentioned them yourself, these, these web based website builders. I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts and opinions on that because I suppose the question I was going to lead into was how do you feel about small business owners, startups and things starting a WordPress website? And obviously there are upsides, but you know, without that technical expertise and knowledge and skill set to be able to do these things, it could be damaging. And I don't mean to be flippant about that comment, but it could it could be damaging. You still need to know know a certain amount. But so, what's your opinion on the the web based website builders? And you're probably on the same wavelength as me that they were probably you thought of them as laughable in the past, and they were just they were rubbish. But is this coming full circle now? Should we be taking those website sort of builders a little bit more seriously for the, for the start of the small business? Yeah, I mean, there's always been a whipping boy in the web development industry. Um, when it comes to that type of thing, you know, God, when I started, the whipping boy used to be Dreamweaver, you know, or from Microsoft front page. You know, oh, you're building the website with those. Do you not know how to do it yourself? And to be fair, back then it was quite difficult. Um so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where there's always been whipping boys and stuff with that, that, that type of thing. And, yeah, you're absolutely right that, you know, it was a point that you brought up and Kaz brought up um, in the, the conversation, which was um, that you can do an awful lot of stuff with them mm-hmm. now. Um, it used to be that you couldn't put Facebook marketing pixels on. It used to be that Google Analytics couldn't be done. Mm-hmm. It used to be that you couldn't customize the uh the metadata uh which is a really fancy way for saying the information that google reads when uh you uh it visits your website so the stuff that the title and the the little snippet of text that it displays on the search you never used to be able to edit those type of things in uh in weebly in wix Ironically, you can't do that with WordPress out of the box. Um, no, no, of course. Yeah, no, you, have to, uh, you have to install a plugin. Yeah. You know, everything, everything you want to do in WordPress, you have to install a plugin. But anyway, um, realistically, what I would say is if you, you really need to have a clear understanding of what you want to do with your website mm. um, when you are working out whether you would choose a web-based website builder or a a content management system-based website. So not just WordPress, but any content management system-based. And the primary one is what, what is the purpose of the website? Yes. You know, is it literally just the modern equivalent of a yellow pages? Yeah. You know, that you are, you've got a Facebook page, you've got a, you know, maybe a, I don't know, a, a Twitter page or a LinkedIn page, depending on your target market. And, you know, they're landing on it and they're just getting your telephone number and that's mm-hmm. it. Then they're contacting you. Hey, Presto, that's all mm-hmm. it is. If that's all you're doing, then you really don't need an all singing, all dancing website, no. uh, especially with the way that the, those tools have evolved um, over the years. Yeah, because they used to be a bit laughable in terms of they would 
probably okay you'd only want i refer to them as business cards business card websites you know it was just if you just want to present information and even if you want to take stuff further you want to show off some of your work with images and uh, and pictures and stuff like that that was still doable on these webs on these web-based platforms but um I suppose what the, the consideration is that you can build that and, and do that absolutely fine on a web-based platform. Um, yeah, so I'd say there's two things within that. One is that an awful lot of businesses just need a business card. Yeah. You know, effectively, it is literally just what's their phone number, where are they based, where do they cover, you know, how do I get in touch with you? You know, literally that type of thing. The second thing is... There are still issues with web-based website builders. Um, the the biggest one being that you're editing the design and the content at the same time. Okay. Uh, which leads to the possibility of you breaking the website. Mm-hmm. Now, my, my myself personally, I know a lot of other professional web developers um, make it our sort of in, in the same way that doctors have an oath to protect life, we kind of take it as our oath that you should not be able to break this website. Yes. If you can break the website, I've yeah. failed. Um, you should not have the, the fear of being able to break this. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't say that to people because that's like a red flag to a yes. raging bull. You know, they'll go off and they'll break it just to prove it. <laughs> you know, right foot. In day-to-day running, you should be confident enough not to break it. And part of the problem is that because of the fact that, you know, the, the text that you're editing is within a box that you can click and drag mm-hmm. and move, there is the possibility that you can yes. break things. So that, that's the only issue that I'd really have with those particular systems. But if you're talking about something that's literally going to be a calling card or a business card, then and you're not going to edit it. And, you, you know, chances are you're going to put it up there, you're going to leave it there, you're going to maybe update it if your phone mm-hmm. number changes or if your address changes or, you know, your contact details change or, you know, whatever, if you add a particular service. Use one of those services. They cost you, like Kaz said, they can cost you as little as £30 a, a year and that's all your security, that's yeah. your backup, that's your maintenance, that's everything covered, all these things that you don't necessarily think about when you hear yeah. free. Um, associated with WordPress or your hosting, um, all taken care of. And what's more important is that you've got somebody on the other end of the line that you're paying and you yeah. can trust to get something solved. So if you're literally just starting something up, mm-hmm. use it. I've worked at startups where we've been fintech, so financial technology companies. We've used Squarespace really? because it was just a really simple way of getting something up yeah. online that didn't require the developers to basically take their time off while they were developing yes. an application. Um, that was mm-hmm. a core part of the business. So, you know, these aren't necessarily tools for people who are too cheap to mm. pay for a developer. You know, these are tools that are actually really, really useful for, for people. Um, I mean, they're, they're still not used massively. I'm just looking at the um, the recent stats from a, an organization called W3Techs, um, which is the, the organization where you always hear the... Uh, the constant WordPress powers that <laughs> out of the internet uh, stuff comes from. Uh, and looking at that, I mean, Squarespace accounts for, uh, as of the 1st of July, so today, uh, accounts for 1.2% of all websites. Um, this time last year, it accounted for 0.7%. Uh, 
Um, in terms of WordPress, within that same period of time last year, oh, sorry, actually January that was, sorry. I just realized it's six monthly. Um, so at the same time as Squarespace accounted for 0.7, mm-hmm. WordPress accounted for 2.9, sorry, 29.2, and it increased to 31.1. Okay. So both of them are growing. Um, One's growing a lot faster, though. WordPress is still growing ever so slightly faster. It's about yeah. 1.9% to half a percent. But as I always say with WordPress ones, you've got to be careful because technically you can set a free WordPress website up um, in the same way that Kaz was saying with Weebly, it'd be you know, yoursite.weebly.com. You can get yeah. a free WordPress website. That is you know, yourwebsite.wordpress.com. And mm. oh boy... Oh boy! If you look at the vast majority of those websites, they're spammers. Yeah. They're spammers, and the SEO yeah. black hat technique people yeah. creating thousands of websites to create backlinks. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not genuine websites. You know? No. Um, I mean, one one really interesting uh, statistic is that although the number of um, websites are, are powered by WordPress um, is thirty one percent. One part of it is that 48% of websites still do not have a content management system behind them. Okay, so I'm going to stop right there with Ben, because like I said, it, the conversation did go off on a little bit of a tangent, and it went in a few uh, a few different directions, but that doesn't mean it's absolutely boring. What I'm going to do is I'm going to stop the conversation there. I'm going to do another podcast coming up very, very soon, um, and we're going to do the second part of the conversation with Ben that goes off a little bit more technical, a little bit more, I don't know, um, you know, top-level sort of website considerations, development things um it's all still very very useful i do recommend that you go um and uh, listen to that one when it comes out in the meantime i hope you enjoyed that conversation i had with ben please go do check him out go and start a conversation with him if you do have any questions about web development he's the man to speak to um in the meantime if you want to get in contact with me then you can go to the facebook page at digital marketing punk leave me a comment send me a message whatever you can go and check me out on linkedin at thomas marriott uh, you can go and find me on twitter at punk underscore digital send me a message tell me what you thought of that interview tell me what you think of the podcast in general I will see you next time around on the Digital Marketing Punkcast. Thank you very much for listening.